love, I love to be able to be here with you. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's an honor. It's an absolute honor. I said this last night. I'm going to start. I'm going to start tonight with the same thing, and that is that the very first day that I stepped into Life Christian Church, I had stage four cancer, and I didn't know Jesus. My friend had just started to tell me little bits of pieces of the truth. How many of you tonight are here at a healing service for the first time? Okay, there's a few people, quite a few people. You are in the same place I was about nine years ago. And when I walked in last night to Life Christian Church, and I am so honored and so humbled to be able to be sharing God's word now about healing. But I was where you were. I didn't know anything. I was completely at ground zero as far as teaching of the Word of God in regards to healing. God meets us right where we're at. He met me at Life Christian Church that first day. I walked in. Jenny just gave me a little bit of, of advice on how to come expecting. And I walked into that church and I was hooked. I met Jesus the healer. He's in this place tonight. Amen. The first thing we're going to do tonight is continue our worship by sharing some testimonies. In Revelations 19.10, it says, Worship God. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. As we testify, we are prophetically encouraging others to receive the same thing. As we testify, it's like a prophetic word. When God gives us a prophetic word like we just heard through this man, it is a gift for us. It is a gift for us to look ahead, to see something that maybe we haven't realized yet, and to take hold of it and say, God, thank you. I needed that word. Thank you. That's what testimonies are. Testimonies give us that knowing that God is good. It shines a light on God. It shows us his goodness in a very visible way. When I was diagnosed with cancer, I had never, ever seen anybody healed. I knew that God was a miracle worker, but I didn't, I'd never seen it. In the church that I went to, miracles and signs and wonders never happened. I never, never saw prayers answered, and I certainly never saw bodies healed. So I was completely, I didn't know what to expect. If somebody had told me their testimony, I, I know it would have just so greatly, so greatly blessed me. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to share testimonies. And you know what's going to happen? Your faith is going to rise up. It ignites your faith when you hear testimonies to grab hold of that and say, that's for me too. It puts us in that place of expectation. And I'll tell you something else testimonies do. They prepare the atmosphere. We've already been preparing the atmosphere. The Holy Spirit has been ushered in through this praise and worship, through our participation in that praise and worship. So get ready. Jolyn, I mean Yvonne, sorry, wrong name. I am so sorry. Yvonne, come here. This is one of my dear friends who has been coming to illness recovery for about two months. Well, maybe a little bit more than that, four months. And I'm gonna, we're gonna have like a little interview of her journey that she's been on thus far. So when were you diagnosed and what was that diagnosis? I was diagnosed on July 29 last year with stage three breast cancer. Yes, and where were you in your in your spiritual journey at that point? Actually, I was raised Catholic, and um, actually, I didn't know God as I am knowing Him now. Yes, she's knowing Him now. <laughs> she's knowing Him now. And and shortly after you were diagnosed, your friend, your good friend, brought you to illness recovery. Um, actually, at first, one of my friends. Uh, also a Catholic, says that she heard that I should pray for God's will and that I should put my trust in God's will. And slowly but surely, I was trying to put my trust in God's will, except I didn't know what his except will is. Except she didn't know what God's will was. I knew that he was good, that I knew in my heart, even though I was teached that, uh, that I should be afraid of God, but uh, I knew that he was good, and I was slowly putting my trust in him. Okay. And I, I came to this class. I, a friend of mine 
kind of uh, sent me an email that Cindy Cox is teaching this class, and I came, and it was actually first at the beginning of the class, and I think one of the first phrases that uh, Cindy says it's God's will to heal it so, is God's will to heal that's one of the first things Jenny told me too yeah and that was I knew I was in the right place and yes. God was telling yes me that yes I am in the and right she immediately place. started to blossom she immediately started to take in God's precious word of truth in a very short time God confirmed his word through a sign and a wonder he showed her through a dream he showed her that prophetic word. Would you tell your the friend, our friends about, about you? Yeah, about two weeks into the class, uh, I I had a dream, and uh, I probably have two nightmares in my life, and I don't normally remember my dreams, so that was so special. And it was Jesus, and and he only have a face, and then the rest was the light, and he told me that I shouldn't worry, because I will live 36 years. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And he also put a, a word, one of his words from the Bible in your heart. And what was that word that you've just been standing on in faith? That greater is he that is in me than, than he that is in the world. Yes, and he is. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Okay. So Yvonne has gone through this season. She was diagnosed with stage 3 cancer. She's been going through um, treatment in preparation for surgery. And one of the things that she did was went through some very intense chemo treatment. The doctor wanted to do that before the treatment and before the surgery, and she was following the protocol. But the doctor told her it was a very intense um, protocol, a very intense chemo treatment, and that she would only be able to take it every three weeks and that to expect X, Y, and Z as far as the results of the chemo. However, God put a lot of super on her natural, and that wasn't the results of the chemo. What was the result as far as the effects? Actually, I almost didn't have side effects. Mm -hmm. And it was confirmed by my blood work. I remember going for yes. a very, very first blood work. And I went with a friend that is a lab technician, actually. And she does her blood probably once a month. And the very first time, she says, oh, my gosh, your blood results are better than mine. Yes. yes. That's our God. That's our God. She told me. Yvonne told me that the doctor was, was considering recalculating the chemo because she wasn't having the negative side effects, so it couldn't have been working. Well, our God is a whole big, big God. And, of course, it worked amazingly well. So then she got to the point where she was at where the doctor was, wanted to do the surgery. Again, she had completely supernatural recovery, completely. The doctor told her to expect. What did the doctor say to um, expect? Actually, I was not to do anything for three weeks. Nothing. After because, the surgery. Uh, she mentioned to my husband that I was this one of the, no, the smallest person that she operated on. And my, uh, the stitches were so tight that she, is, she was afraid that I might rip them. So I couldn't do anything for three weeks. Uh, she mentioned that I won't be able to move my head to the sides, that uh, I will need uh, physical therapy to recover movement in my arm. And um, I was That's released. not what happened. Yeah, I was That's released. That's not what happened. Yeah, I was released mm -hmm. the very first, the same day. I had Which the is surgery. unheard of. She was had very drastic surgery. It was released. Out, it was outpatient. She was released that day. She went back one week later for her post-op. Now remember, the doctor told her all the stuff she was supposed to experience, and and I was completely healed. One week post-op. One week. The doctor told her, you know, sent her home with, first of all, I gave her a morphine pump. She said, what do I need this for? <laughs> she never pumped it. He sent her home with Tylenol 3. She never took one. And it wasn't because she was just tough. It's because she had no pain. Jesus carried her pain. No pain. And then the pathology report. Which she got just last week I, or the week before. Yes, I was downgraded to uh, stage 2 with no lymph nodes involvement. No lymph nodes involved, no cancer in the margins. And the doctor, I specifically asked um, Yvonne, I said, the tumor itself that they removed, she said, and I said, tell me about it. And she said, the cells were dead or dying in that tumor. And she said that in the midst of the tumor, there was a cyst. I love it when God just changes things right in the midst. That's our God. This yes. woman has a new life. She has a new life. She is so filled with the goodness of God. 
She knows his love. She knows his truth. She's seeing it. She's seeing God made visible. Praise our God. Praise our God. Thank you, sweetheart. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power, our God, our God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Yvonne came to us a very baby Christian. She didn't know anything about God's word about healing until she walked into illness recovery. Lisa, on the other hand, is a woman who has known God for a long time, and she's known the truth about healing for a long time. Thank God, right? She got a report of, when was that? When was that? Um, in September ago? of 2009. Yes, and I, what was the diagnosis? I, just, I had a seizure. I had no idea that anything was wrong with me, and I didn't think that anything would ever be wrong. And um, they found a tumor in my brain that was 25% the size of my brain. And so, and they, um, we went to the, the first hospital they took me to, um, had told my family that just to take me home and, and just saying my goodbyes and because there was no way I had no hope of surviving the doctor the medical world gave her no hope the doctor said make her comfortable her her life is coming to an end but she knew God's truth what's the first thing you said I just told them I said well you know what I know I know the healer and I know that God's word says that you know in Isaiah 53 5 that by his stripes I am healed and made whole amen and they wouldn't even operate on me and so they sent me to another hospital which is so amazing what a miracle it was divine divine. it was the my neurosurgeon was the top 16 in the nation and when he actually when he walked in the room I said the same thing before he even said anything I said I just want you to know I you know I understand you're you know great in your profession I said but I just know that this is not staying in there. This is not going to stay in there. Amen. Amen. um, Now, that doctor, typically, he's a a world-renowned brain surgeon, and he typically, based on all of the tests of MRI, et cetera, removes how much of a tumor? They're only supposed to remove around 50 to 60%. 50 to 60%. That leaves moves. But that's not what happened. What did Dr. Rosenblatt? Rosenblum. Rosenblum. What did he do? I had an MRI to be fitted with some probes the day before I was going in for surgery. And he's told my family that his whole staff was so inspired by me that he ended up taking out over 95%. I know he did all of it, but he just couldn't say that he did all of it. And so he was moved by her faith. He was moved to do above and beyond what he typically does. He removed that whole tumor. Now, Lisa had still went through some treatment. One of the things she told me when we were, when we were talking about her testimony, she said, I, I asked her, I said, okay, during that season, during those months when you were going through the treatment, what did you do? What did you do? Well, a couple different things. One is that I made sure that scripture verses all were all over her house. my house. Covering. And I told everybody, I said, you know what? I don't want to hear anything negative. I don't want careful. anything negative. I don't she want She was careful anything. about what yes, she was hearing. Absolutely. She wouldn't listen. She wouldn't research. She wouldn't look into the, to the computer. She wouldn't read the side effects. She wouldn't receive what the doctor said. I didn't even look at the side effects no. because I, I didn't want to take that on myself. I never wanted to take that on for me. And even when I had... Um, when I met Dr. Rosenblum, the first thing he said was, have you seen your MRI? And I said, no, not because I'm denying what's there. My husband has seen it, but I'm not going to put my eyes on that at all. Smart woman. So. <laughs> Smart woman. I'm not owning it. It's so not as, mine. As she went through the treatment, as she went through, um, God used her. Now, I want to back up for a minute. She's a minister. Now, she lays hands on people and she sees them healed. She ministered to people in the radiation room. God didn't put her there for that purpose. He didn't do that, but he used her in that process. So what did he do when you were in the midst? I had said, I said, God, if I'm healed, why do I have to have radiation and chemotherapy? And it has touched so many lives. 
people that I mean that don't even really believe in him, they tell everybody else my story. My story is around the world. Literally, my story is around the world. And all these people yes. that are diagnosed with cancer in other states, they tell them, you know what, if Lisa can go through this, you can too. Amen. And so Amen. You know, I just believed. Amen. And you know what, had I not believed that God could heal, I would not be standing here right now. Amen. I would have said, oh my gosh, Amen. I'm going to die. And that would have been so awful for me. And I actually had two uncles pass away right before one had the glioblastoma like I had, and the other had skin cancer. And they both passed away at the last day of my, of my treatment. Um, for, so for she had a lot of junk to look at, <laughs> but she looked and at I this. And I didn't, because I looked... She looked I at looked this. I looked up there. I looked up there. Praise God. Praise so. God. Praise God. We're going to give God glory. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power. already know my testimony so i'm going to go right into my message i just want to just within a very short form because you need to know that the reason i'm here is because i trust my god he is the healer i was diagnosed with stage four cancer nine and a half years ago i was given six to nine months to live it was considered incurable it was diagnosed through um uh, my skin because it was skin cancer it was melanoma through fine needle biopsies through cat scans through pet scans i have the documentation i have the documentation of the before and i have the documentation of the after praise god praise god the worst part the worst part about that season was when i was diagnosed i didn't know jesus talk about fear talk about oppression of the enemy stranglehold of the enemy Worse than cancer. But my friend introduced me to Jesus. The same friend that brought me to the first healing service. She's sitting right there. Jenny, raise your hand. That's my friend. She's a good friend. I hope you all have a friend like I do. Six months after I was diagnosed, I was completely healed. I didn't have any treatment. I didn't have any chemo. I didn't have any radiation. I had Jesus, my healer. Now, I didn't, I didn't say no. To medicine that's the way that the path was ordained for me there were a lot of divine delays a lot of divine wisdom a lot of divine intervention and at the end of six months i was cancer free completely cancer free praise god praise god praise god well about a year after i was healed i was going to share my testimony for the first time and i was in prayer before that and i talked to god I just point blank i said god what did i do tell me what did I do to receive so easily? Because I want to tell others. And he dropped in my heart. He said, Cindy, you had childlike faith. I didn't know what childlike faith was. I knew there were scriptures that Jesus had talked about being like a child, to come to him like a child. But I didn't really understand what that was. But if he told me that's, that was big, a big deal to me, and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to go to your word. I'm going to see what your word says. And that's what I have to share with you tonight. I would like to start with a scripture where Jesus is talking about childlike faith. And this is in Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 through 5 in the Message Bible. At about the same time, the disciples came to Jesus asking, Who gets the highest rank in God's kingdom? For an answer, Jesus called over a child whom he stood in the middle of the room and said, I'm telling you once and for all that unless you return to square one and start over like children, 
You're not even going to get a look into the kingdom, let alone get in. Whoever becomes simple and elemental again, like this child, will rank high in God's kingdom. Wow. Jesus, the master, Jesus, our teacher, was telling us, was telling his disciples and telling us that we need to return to square one and start over like children. He was telling us that we need to be simple and elemental. Now, when Lisa was diagnosed, she wasn't a child spiritually. I was. Yvonne was. Lisa wasn't. It doesn't mean that you have to be, that's not the only way to get healed. Because Jesus says, come to me as a child. He doesn't say, come to me a child. He says, come to me as a child. So, my friends, if you're here and you're a mature Christian, and you know God's word for healing, we're going to look through a new lens. We're going to look through a new lens and say, okay, God, how do I do that? I'm a grown-up. I'm a grown-up in the natural, and I may be a grown-up in the spiritual, but I want to do what your word says. I want to come as a child with that simple acceptance of what you have provided, that simple acceptance of the gift that you have paid for through the blood of Jesus. So what I'm going to share tonight are four different characteristics of childlike faith. The first one is simply surrendering and trusting. Surrendering and trusting. Now, if you have kids at home, this will be easy for you. If you don't, you may have to go back in your memory a little bit. When I was preparing this message, I kept in front of me Jenny's little guy. She's my best friend, and I don't have any grandkids yet. I'm, I'm on hold for that for a little bit till my kids cooperate. But in the meantime, I have Jenny's little guy. He's three years old. So I keep looking at Gabe, and I thought, okay, God. In, in Jenny's home, Jenny's the mama, Gabe's the little one, and he isn't required to take care of himself. He can't. He's not big enough. He's only three. He can't go to the store and do his shopping. He can't cook his own food. He can't do his laundry. He can't. His mother takes care of him completely, and Gabe trusts her. Doesn't even really have to actively trust her. He's just a little kid. That's what he does. That's what my daddy's God wants us to do. He says, okay, here I am. I'm your father. I have everything for you. You don't need to do it on your own. In fact, I don't want you to do it on your own because I am here for you, just like Jenny's there for her little boy. Her greatest desire is to love her little one and to take care of him and to do everything she can for him. That's what our Father wants for us. But we have a part to play because Jesus said, come to me as children. Come to me and simply trust. When I was diagnosed with cancer, I wasn't at that place at all. I was in the place of independence. I was completely independent I had lived many years of life knowing that independence was good. That's what the world says. Doing everything I could do to reach my goals and to do what I had to do and to make my list and to complete my list and to go on to the next list. I was very independent. Tonight, I want to tell you, that's not God's best. God says be dependent, completely dependent upon him, dependent upon him. We need to surrender and trust him. My husband is a craftsman. He is amazing, amazing with his, with his hands. He can, he can create anything with excellence and with, oh, just beauty. And in our basement, we have a workroom filled with all of his tools. Those tools sitting in the basement do absolutely nothing unless they're in his hands. God says, you're the tools but you need to put yourself in my hands. And when you put yourself in my hands, oh, what great things I can create with you. What great things I can create through you. I can heal your body just like that. I have it in my hands. That's what Father God is saying. My hands, I can do it. Just let me put yourself in my hands. In Proverbs Chapter 3, verse, verse 5. This is a very, very familiar scripture. God tells us to trust in him. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
and lean not on your own understandings. We tend to do the first part, but not the second part. The world tends to do the first part. Everybody calls out to God when they're in need. They say, oh God, I need you, I need you, I need you. But then they go and they try to fix it on their own. They take it right back. They lean on their own understandings completely. God says, no, trust me and leave it with me. Trust me and let me take care of you. Now the question is how? How do you put your trust in him when you're in the midst of this turmoil, when you're in the midst of this huge battle? The key is relationship with him. Jenny told me the first day that she led me to the Lord, she said, Cindy, spend time with God every day. I had no idea how important that was. But with childlike obedience, I did. I said, okay, I can do that. And I got up every day and I started reading the Bible and praying. And this is what happened. I came to know my, my healer. I came to know his character. I came to know what an awesome God he is. I came to know him personally. I'd never known him personally before. And when I did, I could put my trust in him. Think about a natural relationship. My, my relationship with my husband, I trust him with all my heart. How did that happen? A whole lot of time spent with him. A whole lot of conversations. A whole lot of him showing me through his actions that I could trust him with all my heart. God's the same way, except more so. Because God has shown himself faithful. Because God has answered prayers, oh my gosh, every day of my life since I turned my life over to him. I trust him. But it came through developing that relationship with him. That's the first. That's the first step of childlike faith and it's a continuous step it doesn't just happen once it's continuous you know before i was saved before i knew jesus i was the lord of my life jesus wants to be the lord of our lives Amen. not just a one-time deal the one-time deal is a big deal when you first invite him in but then it's a daily daily moment by moment giving him lordship over your life and being dependent on him the second characteristic of childlike faith that I'd like to talk about is simply believing. Simply believing. Going back to our little ones. Think about kids. They believe their parents. They believe every word they say. I have a kid right now in school that just tickles the heck out of me. Her name's Ava. She's in kindergarten. And uh, she started working with me. I, I'm a reading teacher. She started working with me just a couple months ago. I saw the mom last week, and she said, Oh, my gosh. It's a miracle. <laughs> All I do is read with her every day. She says, as soon as she came to your class for the first time, she would come home and she says, Mrs. Cox says, I have to do this. Mrs. Cox says, I have to do that. And her mother said, what did you do? How did you make her do that? And I said, it's just she believes me. Little ones believe those in authority. They believe their parents. Ava believes me. My word was gospel to her. Our Father says, believe me. Believe me at my word. Faith comes, Pastor Dino already mentioned this. This is key. Faith comes where the will of God is known. In order to simply believe God, we need to know his will. In order to simply believe in that childlike way, we have to know in our heart of hearts. We have to know and believe in God's completed work of healing. Now, you may be here tonight and you've never heard that Jesus is a healer. You may be here tonight. I didn't know it. I knew that Jesus had forgiven my sins on the cross. I knew that. But I didn't know that he was my healer. So in order for me to simply believe and receive healing, the first and most important thing was to understand and believe that his work of healing was completed on the cross. Now, back to my story nine years ago. I didn't know any of that. Jenny started to tell me. She started to tell me, but she didn't just tell me. She showed me in the Bible. She, I would ask her questions. I would literally write my questions down. I recommend you do that. 
because you won't always remember them when, you need, when you've got somebody that you can talk to. I would write my questions down, and I'd say, Jenny, I need to talk to you. She was awesome. She always took time for me, and I'd just start asking my questions. And she would open her Bible, and she would show me what God's Word said. So it was evident. Everything was shown to me, visible, through the Word of God. That's one of the things she did. The other thing she did, the same day that I was saved, the very first day, she had this in her desk drawer. I don't keep one in my desk drawer. I need to start doing that. But she did. She had one in her desk drawer, and she went and got it. And she gave it to me. And she said, this is your medicine. Now, what is this? It's a little book. It's a powerful little book. Because within this little book is the Word of God. In this little book are scriptures about healing. Like I said, Jenny would go to the Bible and show me what God said about healing, but this is a really handy little tool because it has lots and lots of healing scriptures all in one little pocketbook. So she gave this to me, and she said, Cindy, this is your medicine. Let's go to the Bible and see what God says about the medicine of God's word. First, I would like to look at... Well, I'm going to, I'm going to sw- switch the order, my guys back there in the, that are doing the slides. I'd like to go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, my daughter, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. That word health translated in the original language is medicine let me read that again at least part of it god's telling me in this scripture to pay attention to his word this is his word it's in here he says pay attention to my word don't let it depart from your eyes keep it in your heart keep it in your heart keep it in your heart because it's medicine it's health it's healing to your flesh so i'm saying as part of childlike faith that we need to simply believe god at his word Simply believe God at his word. Now, this is a bonus. God's word, there is a spiritual law on how to get his word into my heart because that's what believing is. Believing is not a head thing. Believing is a heart thing. So how can you get to that place to believe God's word over that doctor's report, that big, fat doctor's report with all the huge words in it that say metastasis, that say, Uh, cancer that say whatever your report might say god's word you want god's word in your heart not that junk so look at this principle this is romans 10 17 it's a good one so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god faith comes by what hearing Hearing and and hearing and hearing and hearing now that word word w-o-r-d in the original language, is rhema. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of God. Now, rhema, I'm going to explain that word to you. It's a yummy one. This is, all of this is the word of God. It's God-breathed. Every single word in here is inspired by God. It's all considered his word, and that, that whole that whole. Um, entire word of God is called his logos word. But a rhema word is a word that God shines a light on for you. And when he shines a light on it for you, he's speaking directly, right immediately to your heart. And that word settles in your heart and you say, oh God. That's why it's called his love letter to us because that's what he does. He's lovingly speaking to us through his word. So that's what a rhema word is. But I think God can give us rhema word in another way. And it's based on this, this truth, this spiritual truth. And that is as we hear his word and as we hear his word. So Jenny said, say these scriptures aloud three times a day. So I was hearing his word and hearing his word and hearing his word. And what happened was that word became rhema to me. It became rhema. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema of God. It became real to me. How does that happen? Because this is the word made. Jesus is the word made flesh. This is his word. As I'm connected to the vine, I'm the branch. He's the vine. 
the branch gets life from the vine. As I stayed connected to that vine, his life was infused into me. The life of the word, I was meditating on healing scriptures. So the life of that, those healing scriptures was literally infused into me. Over time, over time, over time, that word became so real to me. I'll never forget when Jenny first told me about Jesus being the healer. And I thought, wow, I like that. (laughs) I really like that word. And I wanted to believe it. Oh my gosh, I wanted to believe it. I loved it. And I decided to do what Jenny said. And over time, that word just became so real to me that it was more real than the doctor's report. Childlike faith is simply believing. Sometimes we work too hard at it. You don't need to work too hard at it. God provided everything for us. It's here. It's his truth. Simply believe it. If you're trying to figure it all out here, it's not going to work. It's a heart faith. Don't need to, you don't need to go and research and, and, and try to figure out God's word. Uh-uh. No. Just hear it and hear it and hear it and connect with the vine. Okay. The next characteristic of childlike faith. Pastor D also talked about this. Obedience. Obedience. Let's go back to Gabe. (laughs) Jenny, you didn't know Gabe was going to be in this message, did you? Yeah. Oh, he is a wonderful kid. A wonderful kid. Gabe, little three-year-old. In order for a, a little one to be a good child, they need to know obedience. Their parents need to teach them to be obedient. Children obey because they respect their parents. They obey because they know what those expectations are. They know what those boundaries are, and they have to stay within them. They know that when they do stay within those boundaries, there are blessings. They know when they go outside of the boundaries, there might be consequences. God says to be obedient as children. Now, when I was first diagnosed, I, you've, I've already referred to this a couple times, I was obedient, and I didn't realize what I was doing. But as I look back, remember God said, Cindy, one of the reasons you received so easily is because of your childlike faith. So as I look back and try to see what God was telling me, I realized, and Jenny's brought this up to me as well, she said, Cindy, you were obedient. You were a doer. I was seeking spiritual guidance and I was listening to the spiritual guidance and I was doing what they told me to do. So when Jenny said to spend time with God every day, I did it. And boy, was I blessed. When Jenny told me to, to, to pray the word of God three times a day that that was my medicine, I did it. And oh my gosh, the faith that was birthed in me. So obedience but I wasn't just obedient to my spiritual mentor. I was also obedient when God spoke to my heart. Because as soon as I started reading the Bible, that's what he does. As soon as I started every day reading God's word, he started giving me little nudges. I didn't even really know what they were at first, but I, could, I knew there was something there. The one in particular that, that he really nudged me a lot was in Mark 11. Um, I was every single day reading the scripture from Mark that says, have faith in God, speak to that cancer, speak to that mountain, speak it, you know, tell it to go away, believe and you'll receive. And I read it every day. But then the very next scripture, the very next one said, and as you stand praying, forgive so that God can forgive you. And I would read that every day and I would get that little nudge little nudge that little nudge and i didn't know why so one day i finally stopped and asked god he's so good he's so good i recommend you talk to him just like you do your husband say god what are you trying to tell me i don't get it help me and i literally said god i don't have anybody that i'm angry with i don't have a feud i don't have anybody i don't speak to what are you trying to tell me and as soon as i asked him he revealed it to me and i did have an offense I won't go into detail now. It's in my testimony. But I did have a very big offense that I didn't even know I had. And what I realize now is that I had hardness around my heart. I wanted that person to stay outside of my, uh, of my zone, outside of my life. I had a hardness. I had a wall built up in between myself and that person. And 
unknowingly, because I had that hardness around my heart, God, my heart wasn't open to receive his forgiveness. There was a barrier between me and my father, just as there was a barrier between myself and this person that I had this offense with. I was obedient. That childlike obedience, I said, okay, God, okay, and I'm telling you, everything that he showed me, and that's not the only thing, everything he showed me, I was obedient. And I said, okay, God, okay, what do I need to do? Show me what to do to resolve, to take care of anything that he was showing me. God says, be obedient so that his best can be rained down upon you. I receive my healing. That's his best. That's his best. I would like to look at John 10.10. John 10.10 says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus is speaking here. He's, t- he's talking about the thief and he's talking about his purpose. Now, as I was in that place of obedience, and this is for all of us, childlike obedience, as we are in that place of childlike obedience... We yield to God's will. We have a choice. We have free will. I had a choice when God was speaking to me to yield to him or to not listen. He says, as we yield to him, that purpose, his purpose of a full and satisfying life, that is what will manifest. Because as I'm yielding to him, any doors that I've opened to the enemy are closed. As I yield to him, the enemy and his purpose don't have any power over me. But the opposite is also true. If, according to my free will, I choose to yield to the enemy. Now, let me tell you, before I knew Jesus, I, I said, you know, I live a good life. I didn't realize, though, I was yielding to the enemy all the time because I was yielding to the world. I was doing what the world said. I was very, very busy, very busy in the world. I was very busy at work. I was very consumed with all sorts of stuff. God was not first in my life. That's yielding to the enemy. That's yielding to the cares of the world. And as I was in that place of yielding to the enemy, guess what? The thief's purpose was to kill me. The thief's purpose was to steal and kill and destroy Yield to God. God says, be obedient to me like a child. Even if you don't understand, that's key. Even if you don't understand, God may be telling you something and you may not understand why he's telling you what he's telling you. Your spiritual mentor, like Jenny, may be guiding you and directing you. I didn't know why I was praying those scriptures at the beginning. I did it anyway. Don't think that you have to understand everything intellectually. Gabe doesn't understand why his mother tells him everything. How many of you with your kids have their kids have said, but why mommy? You say, because I told you so, right? You don't always have to understand. Childlike obedience, childlike obedience. And the last quality I'd like to talk about is, this is my favorite one, rejoicing, rejoicing. Okay, think about kids. Even the anticipation of something exciting. Oh, they're so excited. They're so filled with joy. They are bubbling over with joy. They are bubbling over with enthusiasm. They get so excited. And God says to us, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. He says, rejoice in anticipation, just like little ones. Rejoice in anticipation of what I have for you. Rejoice through the battle. Rejoice before the battle. Rejoice during the battle. Rejoice when you've received the results. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. This scripture is in Philippians. It's the same one I just referred to, but it's the message version. Philippians 4 says, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, 
a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Okay, I have a couple of snapshots I want to paint for you. I see this stuff all the time, and it blesses me so much. In our illness recovery, I get to see this all the time. There's one woman that came in about two months ago. Her name's Kim. And when she came into illness recovery, you saw her, Pastor Jeannie, didn't you? She came in consumed with oppression. It was all over her. She was crying. She couldn't talk to me. She couldn't tell me what the problem was. She was just consumed with oppression. Her mom came with her. Her mom told me what the issue was. She was diagnosed with cancer. She'd just gotten a diagnosis. Well, Kim came to illness recovery, and she started hearing God's truth. You know what happens when you hear God's truth? Oh, it's awesome. All that stuff lifts. All that stuff lifts and leaves. And that peace that this scripture is talking about, that sense of wholeness comes. That's what's happened in Kim. I've seen this new woman evolve in just a few short weeks. Number one, she's already got excellent reports from the doctor. Excellent. I'm not going to go into detail, but she has excellent reports. But this is what she told me about two weeks ago. I was on the phone with her, and she said, Cindy, it's so weird. I feel joyful. I feel joyful. (laughs) Yes. Praise God. That's childlike joy. And that's what happens when we give it to God. Pray. He gives us the peace, the sense of wholeness to take the place of that burden. I experienced that in a major way. I started with the oppression of the enemy and the consuming fear. As soon as I gave my life to Jesus, as soon as I gave him the lordship of my life, the fear lifted. And the other person I want to share with you is another lady. Other extreme, the first one is a young believer just coming to know Jesus, coming to know him as her healer. The other person is also a person currently in illness recovery. She is a very mature woman of God. She has known God. She's known Jesus as her healer, as her Lord for many, many years. This is interesting, though. She knows all this stuff, but she's still in illness recovery. She knows to surround herself with like-minded believers. She knows to be under the teaching of the word. Oh, God, the Holy Spirit's all over that right now. (laughs) Awesome. And this is what happens. When she comes in, she, first of all, from the very first time I met her, she glows. She has a smile that never leaves her face. She's also diagnosed with cancer. She also got an amazing report. I'm going to share a little bit of that one right now. She is building me up. Uh, She doesn't need me. (laughs) She she builds us up. She edifies us. The the people that are on the ministry team, she's just amazing. And I just have to share this with you because this is good. I just got an email from her last week, and this is some of the parts. This is part of it. She said, I have such peace, joy, and love for everyone now. I get up singing praises to him every morning and study his word and constantly talk to him. I feel so special because he loves me so much. Amazing is all I can say. Now, here's the doctor. This is last week. The doctor said, the cancer is inactive. And, and Sue said, God is doing his work in me. And the doctor said, I didn't say you're cured, just inactive cancer at this time. And Sue said, by his stripes, I'm healed. And the doctor said, we will not claim you healed for five more years. And Sue said, I will not worry because my God is in control. Praise him. Praise him. Isn't that cool? Childlike joy. Childlike joy. Surrender. Let Jesus be the Lord of your life. Trust him continuously. Obey. Obey. Simply believe. Don't make a big deal out of it. Just say, yeah, Jesus, I know you're my healer. I receive it. Thank you so very much. It's great being your kid. And rejoice and rejoice and rejoice. I'd like to close with this last scripture. This is Mark 16, verse 20. And we are so blessed in this ministry that (laughs) I don't know how in the world God put us here, but he did. And as we are, we're seeing this scripture come to life all the time and they went out and preached everywhere while the lord kept working with them and confirming the message by the attesting signs and miracles 
that closely accompanied it. Amen. So be it. That's what we see. We see the word of God changing lives. We see bodies healed. We see souls saved. We see lives incredibly, abundantly changed. That's God's will for all of us. Okay. Did you come expecting? Yes. Jenny told me when I came to the healing service the first day, she said, come expecting. And I said, that means but i'm going to try i'm going to come expecting before we come to the altar for prayer there is the first and most important prayer of all and that is that prayer of surrendering all to god that is that first step of childlike faith that step that says okay god i don't want to be in control i can't be i can't handle my life by myself I can't handle the situation, and I give it to you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Maybe you're like me, and maybe you, were, you are, or maybe you were the Lord of your own life. It's time to let him be Lord. Maybe you've already given Jesus your heart. Maybe you've already asked him to be your Savior. But maybe you're still trying to be your own Lord. I would like to pray with you tonight to give him that lordship, to ask him, to invite him, because he's waiting. He's the master with the hands that are ready to mold you, but we have to put ourselves in his hands. Would you please bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray with me? Father God, I come here tonight. And I choose to give you my life. I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus came to this earth to live for me and to die for me. I believe that through the, his blood, I was made whole. I believe that through his blood, I was saved and redeemed and healed and made whole and given a life of abundance. I receive you as my Savior, Jesus. I receive you as my healer. And I receive you as the Lord of my life. I give you control. I become dependent on you. I give you the Lordship of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay. Ministry team, will you please come to the front of the church?